so it's time to go. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Creative on Purpose Live, a show about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. This season features the Ruckus Makers Roundtables, conversations with questions that matter with friends and fellow travelers from Forward Link, an alumni community for Seth Godin's Alt-MBA and Akimba Workshops. I'm your host, Scott Perry, difference maker, creative on purpose, and author of Endeavor. I'm an Alt-MBA 6 alum and head coach on the head coach team for Akimba Workshops. You can learn more about me and my work at creativeonpurpose.com. Today, I'm joined by Megan Blair and Batch, Batch Elder to discuss the question, what has become more important to you in the last year and has become less important? Megan and Batch, before we dive into today's discussion, please introduce yourself to our viewers. Who are you? What programs have you been a student in or are associated with? What are you up to these days? And where can people go to learn more about you and your fantastic work? Go ahead, Batch. Ladies first, Megan. Bye. Okay. Okay. Um, hi. Um, my name's Meg Blair, and I work for Akimbo HQ. And um, so I've popped into many, many workshops. Um, the one that I have completed from start to finish is the Alt MBA. And what am I up to these days? Um, we were just talking before this started of uh, wondering what day of quarantine I'm in. Um, just made it to uh, Tbilisi, Georgia, the country of Georgia. And I am just settling in here into my new apartment and just trying to get used to being in a a side of the world I've never been to. <laughs> so there's a lot going on right now. Okay, full disclosure, when Megan and I were talking off camera, I thought she was talking about Georgia, USA, but you're talking about Georgia, the country. Yes, in yes. Europe. Georgia, the country. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now that Scott's all caught up, Batch, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so um, one of the questions I often get is, did your parents really name you Batch? And the answer is no. Uh, my mom actually named William. Uh, I grew up kind of in a university town in Mississippi, and my parents were uh, transplants from Chicago, and that was in the 70s and 80s, and they had moved there in the late 60s. It was an interesting time to be moving from Chicago to, to Mississippi. Um, and the, the main part, part I want to leave you with from that is that I, I didn't realize until I was an adult, but I attended a segregation academy mm. uh, until I was in the 10th grade. Because uh, I didn't, I just didn't even know any different. I didn't realize that was a thing, and I didn't, I didn't attend a school with anybody who wasn't white uh, until I was a junior. And at that point, I transferred to sort of a, a public integrated magnet boarding school, and that has become part of my story. Uh, moving forward, I've been playing catch up from then ever since. But I, I just wanted to, to start with that sort of very, very deep background uh, professionally. In my career has been in the energy and the utilities industry, uh, first as a consultant at Accenture and then in the software space, and now I work in a risk management and services firm. And I'm in a role that kind of makes me the, the chief ruckus maker. Uh, and so, you know, experiencing a, a Seth workshop uh, starting with the LTBA was really powerful for me. But I basically get to poke around at the status quo and ask questions, sometimes even good ones, um, lead a variety of transformation efforts. Um, I do a little bit of, of side hustle work. Uh, facilitating workshops like the five dysfunctions of a team, doing strategic planning, coaching, and public speaking. Uh, personally, I'm married to Holly for nearly 20 years. She's my college sweetheart. Uh, and together we have a 13-month-old dynamo of a little girl, Camille. 
community-wise, I'm an elder at a church. We are working toward ethnic and class reconciliation, which kind of ties back into some of my childhood story. Uh, and I spent some time with incarcerated kids, uh, trying to offer them some stable adult relationships and life skills. Uh, in terms of my, my experience in, in Seth's world, uh, I'm an Alt MBA 32 product. Meg and I were in our learning group one together uh, in the Opal London-based GMT cohort in August of 2019. Uh, I've since had the opportunity to become a coach for the Alt MBA, which I, I absolutely loved. And then recently took uh, Brent Lentier and Vince McCarty's Sondra Method workshop, um, which has also been a, a tremendous experience. Uh, as for me and my work, uh, I've sort of recently resumed blogging again, so I'm trying to reestablish that habit um, on Medium at Batch that Batch Elder. Um, that's probably the best way. Other places would be LinkedIn. And I technically have a website, but it's so out of date and in desperate need of an overhaul and a refresh. Um, all that to say is I'm, I'm trying to discover what exactly it is that I have to say to the world in the right places and ways to say it. You're in good company. Uh, Megan, I can't remember <laughs> if, you, if you shared your website or where people can connect with you online. You know, I didn't, um, you know, I, I don't really do the social media thing. Um, but if you want to drop me a line at Meg at altmba.com, I'd be happy to talk, you know, awesome. personal or about a Kimbo, whatever you want. So for the, for the record, you are doing the social media thing right now. And, uh, we are here <laughs> <laughs> to discuss the question, what has become more important to you in the last year and what has become less important? Um, I have a feeling that current events may bleed into this conversation, although we didn't plan that when we scheduled it. But Megan, uh, you're the one that raised her hand first and picked this question. So you are the victim. I mean, the first uh, to, to weigh in um, on the question, but maybe maybe help frame the question and you know why, why was this question so important to you or why did it stand out as, as something you wanted to lean into? To be completely transparent, it's what Batch picked, and I was very happy that he did. Um, but I guess why I think it is an important question <laughs> is um, I think that I personally have gone through a lot of transformation over the past two years, and so this was such a great exercise to look into what has happened and what has grown into the foreground and what has faded into the background for me. And um, so I was really happy that Batch asked this question. Um, I think that it's really important, like your whole podcast is about asking really good questions and uh, leaving a sense of continued conversation for all of the listeners, right? And so I feel like this is something that everybody can relate to People are going through a lot of things right now. As you said, we didn't plan on this when we uh, scheduled this uh, call, but I think that this is a really important question for a lot of people right now that a lot of people can relate to. All right. So now Scott will backpedal to the person that actually picked the question. <laughs> uh, don't worry about me. I, I, I'm used to going in reverse. Go ahead, Batch. You know, it's funny. Um, one of One of the, the curses and benefits of being me is that I often don't remember the decisions that I make. <laughs> uh, and so if, if Meg hadn't just told me that I picked the question, I don't know that I would have called that. Um, but it is a fantastic question. And, and I, as I was thinking about this conversation, I had to pause and think about what was I doing a year ago? 
Um, and so much of life, I mean, forget the current circumstances of, of the quarantine and the coronavirus or however you want to talk about that. But a year ago today, I was in the very last week of a three-year-long project um, where we were preparing to take our, our, our very large effort live in seven days. Taking the LTMBA was just one of my 2019 goals. I hadn't even applied yet. I was living in a pool house apartment uh, because this house that I'm standing in now was being renovated. I was, I was training for a marathon that I had hoped, or at that point was hoping to run in June of 2019. And I had no idea um, that our daughter had already been born. Uh, she was 47 days old and in foster care, and we wouldn't even find out about her for another two and a half months. And so all of that contextually was drastically different. Um, and, and it's amazing really what can happen in a year, um, much less a couple of years. And, and much like Meg, I think I've been on the journey of real exploration and transformation um, over the last couple of years. But even just thinking about the last 365 or 66 days, a lot of, a lot has changed um, and priorities have absolutely shifted and become different. So, it's, why did I pick the question? I, I couldn't tell you. I don't. I don't really remember. But maybe the universe picked it for us, and I'm, I'm getting the credit. But it's, it's uh, it is a fantastic thing to consider, and I'm grateful to be here talking about it with you. Yeah, I love the I, I love the question. Um, when I was conceiving of you know topics for people to choose from, I also was opening it up for other people to um, add you know other interests or questions that I might have missed. And I don't believe that this was one that I actually crafted. It, it was crafted by someone else. Um, but I was thinking about this a little bit during my, my run, practicing good social distancing in the cemetery, which is not hard. Most of the residents are by virtue of location, <laughs> six feet away. Um, and under. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about it because, you know, it's what, what's, more important to you now than it was, you know, than what was important to you earlier. Uh, and current events aside, you know, the, what came up for me was the important, so what's more important to you now? Okay, so what does important mean? Well, is it what you're paying attention to? Because right now in the moment that we're in, a lot of people are paying attention to something that is certainly very urgent, but is it the most important thing that we should be focusing our attention on. Um, and then, you know, the other idea is presence. Like the question is saying, what's more important to you now? Uh, and for those of us that are people like this, that do things like Alt-MBA and other Akimba workshops, you know, we are people that are assessing the now and thinking about what's next almost all the time. And so I think for many of us, the, the what's more important changes, if not on a uh, daily basis, you know, on a, on a pretty frequent basis. And so just, you know, in thinking about th that perspective, other than current events uh, that everybody, that's on everybody's mind now, what are the things that are important to you now? And how do you separate the urgent from the important if, if you separate the urgent from the important? 
That's a really good point because when something happens that's urgent, everything else can go into the background, right? But what I think is more important is that underlying narrative that you're touching base with all the time. And um, I don't think we get to mute that conversation. <laughs> that conversation, whether we're aware of it or not, is always happening. So I feel like that narrative has been louder over the past year for me. And uh, it kind of segues into what has become more important to me um, because of all these changes. And uh, what I think has become more important is to sit with discomfort mm -hmm. because it's something that I have always wanted to avoid and run away from. And so I think what has become more important for me is to really just be like, it's not okay right now, but that's okay. And it's okay to be in it. So I feel like that conversation for me is louder and it's, be and it's being okay. Not ignoring it, but moving through it, recognizing it, feeling it, moving it. <laughs> so I feel like that is what's become more important to me. What's become more urgent to me is um, making sure that everybody's okay, making sure that everyone's safe. Um, I don't know how those tie two tie together, honestly. Uh, this is like a good external processing for me because I don't have everything figured out, obviously. Uh, I don't think we all, any of us do. But uh, I think that's all I have to say about that right now. Well said. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo that. Um, you know, likewise, as someone who is tends to be action-oriented um, and always thinking ahead and future-oriented as well, sitting with discomfort is not something that I have, have been good at. Uh, and so, you know, what Meg is saying really resonates. And certainly in my Alt MBA experience, uh, really allowed me and in some ways forced me to do some uh, some mining of the depths of my soul a little bit to figure out um, maybe why that, that is. Uh, and also gave me some tools uh, to really begin better identifying what some of those feelings are. Um, probably the single biggest action that I came away from uh, the Altenbae with was to start doing some counseling. Uh, I realized I had some stuff that I needed to unpack, and, and Meg, Meg and our learner group were a huge part of that realization for me. Um, and being able to better identify uh, what what the discomfort or what the emotion or what the feeling is, it's been powerful. I'm still working on it. I'm not, I'm certainly not a master. I'm still an apprentice at that for sure. Um, but just being able to identify what those are and, and uh, having a better, um, a better reference set than happy and angry <laughs> and having a little finer points put on those. So I, I would absolutely resonate with what Max saying. The other thing, coming back to what you're asking, Scott, you know, is, um, the urgent versus the important. Uh, and there certainly are things right now that, that have come to the front, uh, to the forefront because they're urgent. And the, the flip side is, is that the urgency has really helped narrow the focus of what's truly important. And so the, the space that we're currently in and the reality that uh, people around the world are facing um, 
although urgent in many ways, um, the urgency of it and the reality of the, of the consequences of this circumstance forces a perspective that allows us to see, well, what's really important? Uh, and a lot of the things that we probably get caught up in in our, in our quote-unquote normal day-to-day life uh, can very quickly, we can allow it to be, to, to focus on the unimportant things. Mm-hmm. A circumstance like we're in right now really can prompt us uh, to say, well, what, what really is important? And why have I been focused on some of these other things that are, that are less Really, uh, like the point that both of, points that both of you have been making, um, and I just that's just made me change my mind. And um, so, congratulations to you, Batch. You did the impossible. Um, so, in, my initial response was that you know the urgent is very frequently not the important. You know, we are creatures that are built to react to the urgent. You know, the the, the amygdala, the you know, and all of that. You know, we. We are creatures that, um, you know, when the urgent hits us, tend to be more fight or flight than thoughtful, deliberate, intentional. You know, let's let's uh, gather the others in the lifeboat and and go. Um, But I I think in this moment, I actually agree with what you're saying, Batch, that the, the urgent also presents this opportunity for us to remember what's important and. I'm thinking, you know, in the moment that we're in now in March, 2020, we have all been lulled into a false sense of security. I mean, insufficiency, that everything is great. The system is definitely leveraged for the powerful and and the mighty. Um, But for those of us that aren't, you know, political leaders or, um, you know, muckety-mucks and big organizations or institutions, we have it pretty good, at least those of us that are, you know, in the United States and compared comparatively, we have it really good. So why rock the boat? And now we're in this moment where the boat's been being rocked for everybody. It doesn't matter what your status is or what your title is. It, um, it's, you know, this is a great equalizer. And now we, what's important, I think, is what are you going to do? And we have this moment where we, the urgent can remind us of what is important and the important things to me, Megan, you were pointing to this, we are inherently social creatures. We are born to work and live with and for each other. And now in this moment, we have this important possibility of exiting a situation where everyone is better off than they entered it, those, those that make it through. And you know, so that idea of, um, you know, I, I, I call it acknowledgement, like acceptance is another way of putting it. I think, you know, you, you were both talking about sitting in discomfort. I think acceptance is kind of baked into that idea, like accepting that this is as it is. I use acknowledgement just because for some people, acceptance feels or may invite passivity. And we certainly don't need anybody to be passive. This is a moment when a lot of people are sitting and waiting to see what happens or sitting and waiting for somebody else to fix it or sitting and waiting and just hoping that it doesn't impact them. And we're going to find out in the weeks to come that it's going to impact all of us. And so if we just acknowledge it and without value judgment and without strong emotive language, if we could just say, here's the situation today is very different than yesterday. And tomorrow looks like it's going to be a lot different than today. 
now is the opportunity that we have to, with knowledge of what's important, you know, decide what we're going to do, what we're going to build, what we're going to, you know, who we're going to convene and what we're going to do with the moment that we have. So while urgent, um, there's so much opportunity in this moment at the same time uh, to focus on the important. So I uh, thank you, Batch, for giving me a little nudge there. So maybe the conversation now shifts into that, you know, how, when we define the important, you know, what do we do to focus and to step into the possibility that the important avails? What do we do to focus ourselves in, in what's important is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, so, yeah. So, I mean, another, I can rephrase it. I mean, now that once we are able to separate the important from the urgent, I think the urgent is always, I think urgency has a habit of nudging us into our um, lesser angels instead of our better angels, right? Um, and so what are, what are the, any thoughts or strategies on how we've maintained the focus on the opportunities and, and based on what's important so that we leverage the moment that we're in for the benefit of everyone, as opposed to stocking up on toilet paper and, um, you know, <laughs> Or yeah, you know, I think I've got or, an idea. Here's here's the worst thing. Here's the worst scenario. Here in southwestern Virginia, we we just the governor has announced that you know schools are closed for the year, non-essential businesses are closed for a month. Um, and but in my little corner of Virginia, nothing's really happening. So everybody's just kind of going about business as usual. Um, so we are ignoring both the urgent and the important at the moment. Um, so how does one help themselves stay focused on the important and help others find their way there? If, if that's yeah. a good idea. So I think um, I'm going to take a stab at this. I, I think part of this particular moment, um, let me back up. So we often refer to the urgent uh, in as something that's, that's not important. Right. Uh, we talk about the tyranny of the urgent and how we get into these modes where we're always responding to whatever's in front of us rather than contemplating uh, its relative importance, which I think is part of what you're asking. Scott. Uh, in this particular moment, uh, what's urgent also happens to be important. Right. Uh, and so helping people understand the importance of social distancing, uh, for example, uh, and the implications uh, of, of failing to do that. Right. Our brains are programmed to think linearly, right? And these sorts of, of things occur on an exponential uh, curve, right? And, and we're, our brains just aren't, unless we're intentional, aren't, aren't, cross, aren't equipped to really process that. I heard a great question one time. It was like, if you take 30 steps, how far would you travel? And then if you took 30 exponential steps, how far would you travel? And if you take 30 steps from where we're standing, you're, you know, whatever, 90 feet, you take 30 exponential steps, you're like two and a half times around the world or something crazy, right? It's, you just can't fathom it because that's not how, how we think. And 
And so my point is, at this particular moment in time, the urgent and the important are, are intersecting pretty drastically. Um, and we need to make sure that we're not merely dismissing the urgent um, as though it's not important because sometimes it is. So that's kind of part one. The other flip side of that, you know, if you think about, you know, the urgent important matrix or the Eisenhower matrix, whatever you want to refer to that as, um, you know, there's, there's the two axes, right? There's the stuff that's important, the stuff that's urgent, the stuff that's unimportant, the stuff that's not urgent. Um, and you don't ever want to do the things that are not important, and particularly if they're not urgent, right? Uh, but you really want to uh, minim- or maximize the time that you spend in the important but not urgent realm, because that allows you that intention. And so when we're in a state of urgency, I think if, if we can pause and ask ourselves, well, what here is actually important? Um, then, then we're better equipped to say, okay, well, this, this over here is actually important and urgent. Let's go focus on that. And me stockpiling, you know, eight months worth of toilet paper is neither important nor urgent. <laughs> uh, if I don't have any toilet paper, I need to go get some. Uh, but I don't need, you know, an endless supply of that. And I need, I need some, some measure of ability to evaluate uh, what is both important and urgent and where they are on the relative. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a good point. And, and being prepared, but not being too prepared in a negative way is what I hear you say. And I think that that goes along the lines of uh, when you study for an exam, you're not going to do really, really well if you cram the last five minutes, right? You want to be taking your time to actually incorporate the knowledge so that when you are there to take the test, it's just going to come out, right? So I feel like the way in which we prepare for the urgent is to do our studies, to do whatever makes you calm, collected, clear. You know, uh, it kind of coming back to what I've been learning personally this past year is not to react with fear when faced with discomfort. And usually what a lot of people want to do when we get into this urgency is freak out, stockpile on everything. And um, that's not what is uh, needed or appropriate. So I think like what you're saying, Batch, and what I'm saying is pretty similar in that this isn't going to happen by just cramming for it for the last five minutes. It's really just the long haul of trying to um, be a better person, digging deep, um, finding out how you're going to come to the table and how you're going to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are just really important things to keep a constant uh, pace on. Yeah. We had a, um, a call Sunday with creative on purpose community, just kind of talking about the importance of collaboration and creativity in this moment. And in that discussion, we talked about the need for responding when everybody seems to be reacting. Um, and, you know, kind of developing a process for how do we, you know, so uh, when Batch, you were speaking, I was this, the, the quote by Viktor Frankl that Viktor Frankl never said, <laughs> which is between stimulus and response, there is a pause and within that pause lays your power and, and with uh, uh, your power to choose and within that power lies your freedom. Um, you know, just the urgent and the important sometimes require us to just hit the pause button for a minute so that we can zoom out 
and look at things again, that acknowledgement piece that I was saying earlier, like you have to be able to look at things objectively and without value judgment and and uh, without strong emotional response. We need to let the, you know, the reactions and the emotional thing happen. That's suppressing that or ignoring that would be unhealthy, but you can't attach to it and, and let it drag you down any rabbit holes or cause you to react in ways that are um, out of alignment with, you know, just what's the best for everyone. Um, but then after that, after that pause and after that acknowledgement of what's really happening, I think the next natural step is, and Seth has been talking about this in, in, in his live videos about um, what's going on is, you know, who can you convene? Who, who do you affiliate with now? Who can you gather? And then together setting your aim for the way through, because the only way out is through, and we're all in this situation. It's good, you know, Southwestern Virginia, we're not even there yet. In Boston and Seattle, they're two weeks away from the peak, which means that there's a slog ahead of us. But if a small group of people gather and have a small goal in mind, and to Batch's point as well, like are taking the, that small step into possibility towards that aim every day, then, you know, we will find meaning and significance in the situation and have a better chance of flourishing and thriving through it because we are together and because we actually have an intention. And that was something that um, I heard him, what both of you were saying is like, you know, important is important, but you also have to have that idea of what's it for still has to be front and center as you're, you know, deciding where you're pointing and, and stepping next. So where, where are you all just, I mean, since we're knee deep in the current situation, <laughs> might as well just wrap it up here. But, um, you know, I think the, what we're, what we're talking about actually applies to any challenging situation or difficult circumstances it just happens to be that the current one is global. And so it's instructive maybe for everyone. I'm just curious if you, you don't mind sharing kind of, you know, personal um, reflections as to like, you know, what, where you're at and thinking about what's next um, or, you know, what, what your next, yeah, just what your next steps might be given um, the circumstances that we're in here on March 25th of 2020. Yeah. Um, as uh, Seth has been saying lately, spend five minutes on the news. You don't need to do any more. Stay up to date. But um, I'm just continuing working on myself right now. I'm really in a um, pretty exhausted state from all of this. Um, so I feel like what I've learned that I need in this past year is I need recharge time, cerebral recharge time. So right now I'm doing master classes. I'm doing books. I'm doing YouTube videos. I'm doing books on tape. I'm uh, experimenting cooking. Those things are all like centering me right now. I'm also just reaching out to friends and family and trying to talk about what's happening, but really just trying to feel connection um, with my friends and family. So those things have been, especially being so far away, I think that's what's really personally hard for me is I am on the other side of the world from my friends and family. So that can feel really scary. That distance can feel like that urgency wants to bubble up. I need to be with these people. 
but um, I can feel connection from here um, with intention, right? Um, so that's what I'm personally going through uh, right now. But um, staying realistic, erring on the state of, state of caution, because we don't know a lot of things. So it's just good to be cautious. Mm -hmm. And this is really an opportunity to dig into uh, self-care and um, further your learning, if that's what you want to do. It's really a blank space to fill how you want. And what do you want to do? It can be a great opportunity. Yeah, the, um, the things that are really resonating for me that I'll echo from Megan, uh, connection and opportunity, right? Uh, and then when, we, when you pair that with the, the urgent and the important um, of the current season, uh, that's, that's a, it's complex, but it's really powerful. Uh, and so certainly self-care is a, is a huge thing right now where people like us who do things like this, like, might tend to just try to dive in and fix everything, right? Uh, and so there's a real wisdom in taking a deep breath. Like my, my impulse right now is I want to I want to help everybody. And I know that I can't. Uh, and that's uh, one of the beautiful things of this situation is it's, it's um, sort of decimated some of our illusions of control. Um, and uh, it really shone, shone a light for me, at least, on my own... Uh, idolatry of sorts of comfort. And as we get into a season like this where our, our control, or at least our illusion of it, is shattered and our our, our comfort is interrupted uh, because things everything's different, right? Uh, and so wrestling with that and then thinking about, well, what's the, the tension um, that I need, that I've been wrestling with that I need to embrace. I'm not yet embracing it, but I'm wrestling with it. Uh, between the self-care that, that we're talking about, between caring for others, between doing what I can, and while at the same time recognizing that I'm not really in control, um, between uh, an intentional level of, of, of well-being and comfort, but also thinking about well, what's my moral responsibility to, uh, to make sure that others' uh, needs are, are met in their their safety needs are met. And so all of that sort of intersects in this particular moment for me in those ideas um, of connection um, and, and thinking about, uh, and the other word is opportunity. You know, so much of what we've done for, for my lifetime, at least, has been often like a good meeting and you're sort of on a default operating mode. You just show up and you consume whatever someone presents to you. And this virtual nature of connection right now is forcing some intentionality that we can then forklift into whatever the new normal is, right? And so we have this great opportunity to make our connections better uh, as we move forward. Uh, and that's, um, you know, when I think about, you know, going back to the top, you know, what's become more important to me in the last year and what's become less important. One of the things that has become more important is, is questions, right? Uh, and rather than showing up with answers, showing up with some, some decent questions. Um, and so even, uh, I think one of the ways that we can make space, uh, one of the opportunities that we're, we can make connection and make space for people is, is to create that safe space. And so lately, this last week or so, I've been starting 
uh, you know, team calls and Zoom calls with like, hey, how do you feel? And just give people an opportunity to talk about how they're feeling. And that, uh, once a person or two goes, all of a sudden it's safe, right? And people can say, well, I'm, I've got some anxiety or I'm worried about this or I don't know what's going on with my family or whatever that might be. And then you can say, well, okay, well, what, what can we do? How can we help each other? Right? And so you're creating a safe place where people can connect uh, and then thinking about how we might take that forward and uh, in, in, in whatever normalizes coming out of this um, and applying that. Uh, so that, that opportunity, uh, that connection, uh, I think there's a lot there for us to really lean into and unpack. Um, and, and for me, that's in some ways I'm, I'm studying the art of asking a good question or questions. Uh, and that, I think that's really a byproduct of my time in the Health MBA and certainly in the Sandra Method Workshop and being a part of this community. Uh, probably heavily influenced right now because because of all that I, I, reading, um, it's, I think it's called a more beautiful question, uh, and it's a it's a, another it's just another way to think about how to show up in a space and, and create uh, places where people can be curious uh, and, and instead of showing up with answers. Showing up questions. Wasn't yeah. it uh, Einstein that said, uh, "Give me an hour to solve a, a question. I'll spend uh, fifty-five minutes coming up with the right question, and I can solve it in five minutes." Right? <laughs> Paraphrasing. <laughs> well, so what I'm hearing in the, the response of both of you is a really interesting um, spectrum because, you know, Megan is talking about self-care and Batch is talking about his instinct, you know, a, a common instinct to like try to fix or to help everybody. And, you know, we're in this moment where the real skills of empathy and compassion and things of that, you know, the human skills are going to be far more important than, you know, this, the, the hard skills earned through degrees and on the job training, right? And so, but, you know, this impulse to always be looking outward and practicing compassion and empathy outward um, is dangerous because it can be very depleting. And if we don't take care of our primary asset, which is ourselves, you know, we need to practice that empathy and compassion with ourselves, you know, to Megan's point, especially since um, most of us probably feel like we're pretty good at the empathy and compassion thing when we're dealing with others. But if I were able to tune into your internal dialogue, I bet I would catch you not being as empathetic and compassionate with yourself as you are with other people, which begs the question, can you actually be fully empathetic and compassionate for others if you're not able to do that with yourself, you know, to Megan's point. And then this idea of, you know, the new normal that Batch was bringing in, which, you know, the status quo has been winning for a very long time because that's what the status quo does. It, it wins because it, um, it rewards certainty and um, judgment, right? And so now we're in this moment where we've just learned that everything that we were certain about and all the judgments that we had no longer are true, which opens the door again to the human capacity for curiosity and consideration. And so we have this amazing choice to shun our bad habits of judgment and, uh, and, and certainty and lean into the things that maybe we haven't been practicing as much as we should, curiosity and consideration. And that, um, you know, that helps us, that helps us get through uh, and helps us again, exit in a far better position for everyone than we all entered it. Um, so 
as we're coming up up to the end of our time here, I always just like to end with a quick round of what was the, the biggest takeaway aha or lesson that came as a result of this conversation. I think the, I think the fact that it was kind of like it was all molding into one of like the urgency and uh, kind of like our reactions to things and what I've been going through personally uh, with uh, my reactions to negative feelings. It, it kind of was like, oh, duh, this is all tied in together. So mm. also the difference between urgency and, and what's important on a, on a deeper level, I think the definitions of those two distinctions is something that is really, really important. Yeah, I, I echo that for sure. The other thing that comes to mind is, you know, how different my life is a year, a year off from what it was a year ago. Because had we not paused to ask ourselves these questions, I, I probably would have just kept on trucking along um, and still would have been operating differently. But, but again, it comes back to the idea of the reflection, right? Um, and so this was really sort of a reflection script in a way on the past year. Uh, and so just, again, pressing pause long enough to look back and be like, what was I doing a year ago? Um, and, and just think about everything that's, that's changed and really the things that are more important. Yeah, right? Coming back to the, the big big uh, question, you know, what's become more important to you in the last year and what's become less important? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that posture of curiosity and that ability to ask good questions it's probably becoming more important because I'm, I value that for my daughter. Like, I look at systems that are in place today, and so many of them are designed to, to turn out compliant people, not curious people. And I want to create a space for her that allows her and sets her up to be infinitely curious and equipped and courageous enough to ask fantastic questions, to challenge uh, where that's needed and, and live a life that's that really is in that posture um, of generosity uh, but curiosity as well um, that that she can she can you know, make her stamp on the world and, and make it a better place much like you know we've been talking about in, uh, in, our, in our communities and Kimbo and all and to be fair like my baby girl was on our very first Alt MBA uh, learning group meeting uh, on an airplane. Uh, she was there right up until P12, I think, when we did the video. Uh, so she is technically, you know, she might already be an Alt MBA grad. So uh, <laughs> youngest yet. <laughs> don't don't tell HQ that she she was she was doing it on the download. <laughs> <laughs> like a little baby reflect, reflection script. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, I, I really love the point that Megan introduced, but you both um, kind of talked about, which is just this embracing discomfort. And to me, it's the or, or sitting with discomfort. I think is the terminology is, but I th I think of it as embracing uncertainty. Um. You know what? What a profound thing that is. You know what? I mean, maybe the hardest skill of all, um, or one of them. You know, just the idea that because I think we are we are creatures of the status quo. We love to know 
what's expected and, and where we stand. And as long as, you know, we're not going down, um, we're happy to just stay put. And, um, you know, what a, what a profound gift in some ways that this moment is forcing us to, you know, either get used to the idea of embracing uncertainty and leaning into it with intention and integrity or, or, you know, whatever happens is going to happen to you rather than through you. And that's the moment that I think we really have here is that, you know, we're, we're getting reacquainted with the art of living and that art is not lived, you know, that life doesn't happen to us, but life happens through us. And we have a role to play and a responsibility in that role to do that work with and for other people. So I just, uh, you know, every time I, I say this at the end of every conversation, I think this is number 12. Uh, in this series. This is the best conversation so far. <laughs> um, so you have it until Thursday when we have another one of these. Um, but we'll see We'll see how this one holds up. But, uh, you know, Megan and Batch, just deeply appreciate you leaping into, um, you know, this crazy little uh, cockamamie idea that I had about <laughs> having these conversations, but also just, you know, knowing the way things are right now that you would still make time. Um, to participate and con contribute so generously. It just really means the world to me. I would love to end by just having you one more time tell people where they can connect with you online uh, if, if they so desire. Sure. Um, once again, my name's Meg and I work for uh, UltMBA HQ. And if you uh, want to email me um, either about something personal or about Akimbo or that's the umbrella term that we use for all of the workshops that we uh, offer, including the Alt MBA. Um, so you can find me at meg at altmba.com. And for me, um, I batch, batch Elder, the, the two places where I'm most present right now are LinkedIn and Medium. And in both of those places, uh, you can find me as Batch Batch Elder. Um, quick search should, should turn me up pretty quickly. Fantastic. And it's always great to see everybody at creativeonpurpose.com as well. Batch, Megan, thanks so much. What a fantastic conversation. And thanks for spending this time with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. It was an honor.